0: Hello welcome back to the No Ratings Pod. We've had a little break. Everyone was a bit knackered after the work of, I'll be honest. We were churning out episodes. There were 1am calls to people going, yo, I really need you to hop back online and upload this thing. And I think we just need a little bit of a break. But the Premier League is back, which means the episodes are going to be back on a very regular basis. For the most part, we know what days are going to go out, but I don't want to make any fake promises and say it's definitely going to go out on X, Y, and Z day. So all you got to do is make sure you stay tuned, follow everyone, follow the narrations Pod on socials, and you'll know everything that's about to happen. And today we're going to talk about Gakpo, Enzo, Harlan, Arteta, Wenger, Saka. I'm just throwing buzz names out. I don't even know if we're going to talk about all these things. <laughs> We've got Grizz with us, who is wrapped up. He's inside his house, by the way, if you remember way, but if you're an OG from episode one, Grizz started in, in his garden, if you remember, Grizz.
1: Yeah, I, I started, uh, started, you know, they say started from the bottom, although I started from the outside and the inside, <laughs> like changed the lyrics a little bit, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, look, I'm wrapped up for a reason, I'm about, you know, my love and dedication to the No Ratings podcast has got me here tonight, that's all yeah. I can say.
0: Grizz is currently indoors he's wearing a Russian hat a big bomber jacket with like a fluffy hood he's not feeling very well um missus has just bought him over a glass of vimto seconds before recording so shout out uh mrs khan um we've got James with us who is as usual perky trim perfect beard nicely done the man's always on form how you doing man no,
2: I'm very well, thank you. And I was going to say, yeah, Grizz, Grizz, the outfit is fantastic. The Russian hat looks <laughs> incredible. Uh, but I too, I'm I'm well. Um, I've been I've been to a little charity ref game today. Um, I didn't play. I watched. But I've got this. Um, I'm doing this project on like resilience in refereeing at the moment. So um, I'm trying to get that that work kind of out there and seen. Um, and yeah, so I've just finished that coursework. Uni's done for now, and I'm off to Krakow on New Year's Eve. Uh, so looking hey, forward to that, really.
0: Yeah, lovely. Chat to me about this. Did you say resilience in refereeing?
2: Yeah, so basically, it's, it's I say refereeing. It's um, for sports officials, um, but basically, there's kind of an undervaluing of. The mental health in footballers is, is starting to be like seen more. It's more prominent in uh, literature and also in the media now. But when it comes to referees, they're still kind of someone who probably receives more abuse than anyone else. Um, mm. And there's no real consideration for what this does to them. And um, I guess just the interactions with referees, um, both in person on the pitch and um, on social media. And I'm trying to get a bit more of a consideration towards that and hopefully like some frameworks to help develop resilience in younger referees as well, because there's a big problem with new referees who drop out because they don't think it's worth it. Um, and that that's basically led to quite a nationwide problem of lack of referees in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we can get more referees at the start to develop ways in which they can deal with this, um, and stop this from happening in the first place. Uh, then hopefully we can kind of solve that problem,
0: basically. Class, man, class. That's a so yeah. This is the first time Grizz is meeting James, so that was like a if, if... like Grizz, you're very good at reading between the lines. So I feel like you've already figured out what sort of character and person James is.
1: Yeah, serious. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know, I'll have to adapt accordingly and be serious. But... Yeah. Yeah, we, we can do serious side to me. Yeah. Now that's brilliant, that's brilliant. nice listen, it's always great to hear stuff like that, a total different insight into something that we don't really think about as, you know, ordinary fans on Twitter or whatever. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's always always great to hear yeah, different man. perspectives of stuff like that.
0: We've got two of the good guys in here, and you're probably thinking, where's that fourth voice? I'll tell you where he is. He's currently <laughs> he's actually just messaged me right now saying uh setting up right now let me just tell you very quickly kieran aka trajista sancho was due to be here about 37 minutes ago we were all here ready to record we had to take a little break i had to go and listen to harland chat to gabby logan Luka, and and Nadermanu and alan Shearer, which wasn't actually that bad uh but that's a complete side story you don't need to know about and trajista's just been on a bus he's been on a cab he's gone to I don't know where he's been, in, in all honesty. Uh, he's just extremely late for the pod. And I said, you know what? Instead of letting you get away with this, why don't we start the pod without him so that when he hops in, we can rip into him? That is the plan. Uh, but just before we do that, personally, if you get ripped into it on social media, and Chris, you've got a very short time before Trajista gets in here, and we're not going to talk about him, but Darwin Nunez, after the Villa game, was getting ripped into. You were there, and I, are you, I don't know if you're pro or I don't know if you're super pro, Darwin Nunez, but... Just very quickly, what were your thoughts after the game?
1: Yeah, look, it has to be very quickly because there's a whole backstory to mine and Darwin, who his relationship and GACPOLs we may come on to. Because I didn't rate him at the start, and I was sort of, as soon as I found out we're linked with him, I suddenly started looking into him more carefully and said, okay, well, maybe he may suit Liverpool style and Klopp style. And look, he, uh, it looked horrible. I can imagine how it looked on the screen. But he's a menace. He's an absolute menace. And Mings and Consa were gasping for air at the end. This guy doesn't... I mean, James will tell you guys, he gave, he gave uh, uh, Saliba and uh, the other centre-back... Gabriel.
2: Gabriel. Gabriel the
1: hardest game of their season so far, no doubt. He, every centre-back pairing knows they've been in a game. It's just he needs to sort his game out at the end. Like the opposition know he's a menace and he's a problem. I think he will come good. There's nothing to worry about. Social media, we know what it's like. Football tribalism and all that, 85 million, all that. He's, I'm happy with him so far.
2: I will agree with you. Um, I think there's definitely um, a thing people hate inefficient footballers. Uh, Werner was the same. Werner has his own problems. But I think their problems both kind of stem at times. They're, they're very confidence-based players. Uh, so when it's not clicking, nothing clicks. And I've really noticed that with Nunes, where on occasions he's through on goal and he'll look he'll look over his shoulder or he'll try and square the ball or he'll dummy it when he's in front of the near post when any other striker would just slap it at goal. Um, so I think there's a confidence issue with him. But also, as you say, I think a menace is a perfect word to describe him as because he is one of those players, he's an output demon, that um, he will he will score one in 10 chances but he will also get three times as many chances as any other player because of his physicality, because of his movement off the ball. Um, so you'd rather have a player like that than a Lacazette who will sit in his own half and uh, just not make anything happen.
1: Who would actually be a lack of threat? You know, I know that's been he's been labelled lack of threat, but <laughs> but but it's true. It's so true because this guy is threatening all the time. And if he continues a goal and assist every eighty six minutes, wow. Because that's where he's at. So people can sort of talk about and isolate the misses. Like today, we're going to speak about sort of the Man City game. And and, and in that first half, Haaland and Grealish missed a whole heap of chances. But obviously, I'm not comparing him to Haaland. And I've never, compl- I'm not one of these guys that have ever compared him to Haaland because Haaland is a total different animal, total different animal. But people forget that this guy has or was only a year and a half ago playing in Almira, second division. Like this guy's only been playing top flight football for about. Maximum two seasons. He needs time. He needs patience, and he needs to get off social media. If yeah. if, I, if I had access, if if like you know, if he wants to hit me up, my DMs are open. <laughs> DM me, bro. Like, me and you need to talk. Like like deactivate Twitter because honestly, he's young. He's coming to a new country. He probably doesn't even understand half majority of the jokes and memes that are made for him on Twitter. He just he doesn't need to see it because you're right, James. It does get into his head, and because of the fact that the price and and he's now the main man or supposed to be the main man because you got to remember Jota and Diaz would have helped him settle in he wouldn't have started every game now suddenly he's starting every single game and he's looking to be the goal getter along Mohamed Salah that is some statement to make at Liverpool in your first season um so yeah it's just a patient thing with him but i accept i accept the banter
2: There's a a term that I used before which I quite like and I think it applies to Nunes which is um, a player who generates football um, which is just a player that makes things happen and I think that does sum up Nunes as well. So whether it's good or bad, he generates football and he is a net positive when he's in that Liverpool team whether he's scoring or not, I would say.
0: I think there's a little bit too much focus on um, those like half moments where he scuffs a shot. I think the, the reality is he just doesn't he doesn't look comfortable playing football. And so the immediate thing with the audience, essentially, is he's a donkey, which is what people are saying. Um, I personally think he's one of these strikers where like, he's actually overcomplicating his game a little bit. And I think maybe that's what Liverpool are asking of him. The one where he skips over it against Villa, as you just said, James, I'm thinking just hit that. Like, I think there's, there's a little bit of doubt in his mind, but also I think there are moments in his game where I think he does overcomplicate things. He wants to take on a man too many times, or he wants to put in like a wicked delivery from a really tight angle, which worked out for the third goal, obviously. Um, but then that that again sort of plays into the hands of the type of footballer he is. Um,
1: we we have to take, we have to also cater in as Liverpool fans. Obviously, obvious uh, opposition fans won't give a shit because that's what football tribalism is about. Do you know what I mean? They they see someone. You know, missing a couple of chances, they're going to step on his neck. But he's coming into probably one of the worst starts in Liverpool history we've spoken about. He's coming to a squad um, that's been decimated with injuries. It's not an excuse; it's causation. It's fact. Um, and yet, he's still learning a system of play that we not only live, not only new for him, but new for Liverpool. Like, you know, Nibet, you being a Liverpool, you you can testify to this. We've changed our system two, three times already in the season. We've never done that for the last five, six years. Everybody's known 4-3-3, three, three, Liverpool, Jürgen Klopp, three in midfield, three speed merchants or two speed merchants and Bobby Firmino linking things. And that's Liverpool for you. We've tried 4-2-3-1. We've tried Salah through the middle, Salah inverted, Trent inverted. This guy, he's learning the system. He hasn't got a clue yet what's going on, really, in footballing terms. He's been there three. three he's been playing for three months, or whatever. Then having a World Cup to go off with Uruguay, another system, another set of formations, rules. You know, it's a bit overplayed, but I get it. He's not technically great, and I think it's fair to say that. I don't think it's. You know, I'm not being harsh on him, whatever. But he's not. He's not technically great, but he's he's effective, and that's what we need. If-
2: If you wanted someone who was going to make an instant impact, you'd have signed a 30-year-old, but you're looking to rebuild the project because the last project is basically finished. You're just about clinging on to the last remains of it with Salah, Van Dijk, Firmino for what he's got left. But now you're looking to start the next project and there is going to be a transition period. So a player like Nunes isn't expected to hit the ground running. Even players like Fabio Carvalho, there's no pressure on him, Harvey Elliott. There's no pressure on these because they are seen as projects, whereas I think people forget that he's still a very young footballer and that he's not anywhere near where he's expected to be yet. The project isn't there yet. Liverpool don't expect to win the title this season. In two or three years' time, that's when it's going to be, hopefully, Nunes
0: is firing, he's at his peak, and that's where he's effective in the team. I want to be transparent with you. If you're sat there listening and you're thinking... Why does this not sound that natural? You know me, no ratings pod listeners. I'm not a liar. We've had to do this three times where I've asked Kieran and done a big spiel on how he's feeling, mainly because Kieran not only has rocked up about 55 minutes late, he's also rocked up with dodgy internet. Um, don't look at me. Don't look at me like you're not 55. In, okay, you're 50 minutes late. You're late, bro. It's, cool. it's, you know what I mean? Like, don't
3: don't add those <laughs> extra five minutes. That's crazy. That makes you seem crazy. This ethnic behavior, man. We
0: all do the exact same thing. We're like... Oh, I was, you were 55 minutes, late. I was 54, don't even
3: add that extra I minute I <laughs> mean it's the, That's the difference, it's even yeah. now How are you bro, you okay? Yeah, I'm sweet, I'm sweet, let's let's get into it, because as you said, right. I was very late Lovely,
0: we were talking about Darwin Nunez, thankfully you missed that bit Because I saw your tweets about Darwin Nunez, and as usual they were cooking But we're not talking about Darwin anymore, uh, mainly because we want to talk about what's actually been going on uh, Arsenal came from behind showed steel and bottle, but there's all this talk about Arsenal showing steel and bottle like it's a new thing it's not a new thing is it James I think I've seen your tweets about Arteta um way back when uh we were speaking off air and you spoke a little bit about them so go crazy this is your moment man
2: yeah yeah I feel very I feel very proud and vindicated to have been there all this time and Kieran knows this um I call it the trenches um And there was most of most of Arsenal's fan base were all getting at me, and a few others, a few others um, who were defending Arteta. And there were periods where genuinely, um, we went through an October to November period where I think we won something like one game, and um, we weren't scoring goals. And the only the only reason why he kept the job were two reasons: one, because we had Europa League, um, which made it less obvious that we were losing every single game. And also that he won the FA Cup. If he didn't win the FA Cup, he definitely wouldn't be in a job right now. Um, So we can thank Aubameyang and Martinez for that. Um, But yeah, during those times, to be honest, at times it was pure hope based off um, the cosigns from Guardiola, Wenger, um, Pochettino, Moyes, these type of people who said so much about his character. um, And just how tactically smart he was. Guardiola called him before the Champions League final. In, I can't remember what year it was, but there's um, there's been stories about that since then, saying Guardiola called Arteta to pick his brains on that. Um, and yeah, everyone knew that he was a very tactically smart manager, and it came down to whether he could bring it into practice. But those players had let down so many managers before they let down Emery, they let down Wenger at the end. So I thought, okay, nothing's going to happen until you give Arteta his players. And he was still developing. He was still building a good squad. And here we are at the end of the tunnel.
0: There's light. We're still underdogs. Oh, we're still not safe. At famous. the end, at the end of... The, there's a long way to go, my friend. Yeah, it well, well, 14 well, well, league
3: games. what I'm saying. Is, <laughs> I hear it, but I mean, you know, you've got... There's a long season, my friend. Pep Guardiola you knows how to chase down lead. tell you well, We're at the end of the um, Arteta out tunnel. And
2: that feels good. No one worries about that anymore. Now we're at a new tunnel, the Premier League title race. Um... We are still underdogs according to the bookmakers and I will still call us underdogs because whilst we're underdogs, there is no pressure on Arsenal and I don't think this Arsenal team needs pressure. So we will we will take every game as it comes and see what happens, but we are well worth our value. Uh, we've been a good side since Smith Rowe came in on Boxing Day and our favours turned. So yeah, I'm absolutely delighted where we are right now and long may it continue.
0: Kieran, are they legit... Are they, like, actually legit, legit,
2: for real?
3: This is, See, this is the thing. This is where, like, agenda versus versus truth kind of collides because <laughs> you know. my, you my know. agenda my agenda wants to say, like, listen, it's, it's Arsenal. Do <sighs> you know what I mean? Like, Arsenal have been there before, 13-14, ended up fourth, I think it was. And it like, went absolutely cooking at the beginning of the season. You know, le- the Leicester season you know everyone thought okay it's, it's only Leicester. you know arsenal going to go through this is this arsenal's time it, it's happened before 2009 2010 but it does feel different if i'm honest like it's it's kind of especially um this this west ham game i was thinking okay one no down james probably saw my tweets i was cooking i was like oh you know venger's <laughs> Vengas, venger's come back to the stadium and he's brought back his loser spirit and they and they lose the game and they go in 3-1 so I, I was just like wow this it does feel different this time um, is, You.
0: It's not the first time though Arsenal have won a game like that this season. I've literally got their fixtures in front of me here. That Leicester 4-2, Fulham 2-1, Villa 2-1, Spurs 3-1, Liverpool 3-2, Leeds 1-0, Chelsea 1-0, or even Wolves 2-0 wasn't an easy game. Then obviously West Ham. That's basically like every every game bar like three this season, Arsenal have actually like fought for the points.
2: Mm. Yeah. Uh, And just what's interesting there is last season... At times, we were fighting for the points in really narrowly scraping games. But the West Ham, we didn't narrowly scrape. We had yeah. to fought, fight for it. But in the end, it was a very, very convincing win. Ultimately, they had one main chance, which was their penalty. Apart from that, we kind of battered them. Um, and there's two things that we've kind of the Arteta's kind of taken from City. One is that when we go behind, we um, just play the same way and mm. trust our instinct, and that eventually we will break down a block whereas Unai Emery would have t- made two subs at half-time, another three subs in the 60th minute. Absolutely ripped up the game plan. Um, and also something that wasn't, wasn't applicable to the West Ham game, but the way we approach away games now, um, the Brentford game especially stands out to me as a team who have taken points, especially at home, off a lot of big teams this season, but we turned over Brentford away from home 3-0 and just absolutely showed them no respect. Um, And that's what City used to do. Um, I've never seen a team as dominant away from home as City. And I think they have the record for away points in a um, Mm. season as well.
0: I feel a lot of similarities between this Arsenal team and the Liverpool team that actually went on to win the league. I felt like when Klopp first came in, Liverpool played heavy metal football. It was end-to-end. And then there came a point where Klopp put a lid on it and said, we're going to play these three midfielders that grind out points that aren't like wonderful technical monsters um and Liverpool that year weren't actually fun to watch on uh, obviously they were fun in the sense that you want as a Liverpool fan you wanted Liverpool to win and I'm sure Gris can agree with that uh but from an actual like interest point you didn't watch those games going this is going to be like a classic you knew Liverpool were going to scrape a win and I feel Arteta has done something similar at Arsenal um Grizz, you've been there with Liverpool, you've been in a squabble with City for many, many years. Mm. I'm going to ask you the same question. Are Arsenal the real deal? And by that, what I what I mean is, like it right now, Arsenal are the real deal. If they finish the season, like United did that year, where they were 12 points behind City, it wasn't a title race. Are Arsenal actually title contenders for real?
1: Yeah, I'm embarrassingly known as uh, Grizz Teta in the Arsenal fan base. That's how much... <laughs> That's how much <laughs> love I had for Arteta. All those times that you're talking about in the trenches, James, I was with you, mate. Like, I wasn't with you with you, but I was with you, like, in my mm. mind. You know what I'm saying. But so, basically, I'm a visionary from that time as well. I saw what Arteta was trying to build. You know, and Arsenal fans were saying, oh, he's only doing it because we're not a threat and we're not a rival, direct rival. So he's just gassing up Arsenal for no reason. But Nibet's right. Everything that he was trying to implement in terms of from team spirit, kicking out the waist men and the, like, the attitude issues, implementing a young, pressing, energetic style. And I hate to say it, but that game at um, uh, Emirates yeah. early in the season, you out-Liverpooled Liverpool. And I was at the game and I saw it and I turned around and I said, this is, and and, and you know, I'm not agreeing with nabade for the sake of it, but it's so spot on. I, I saw Liverpool... The, the early liverpool in this Arsenal team in terms of young, passionate, believing in the pressing, everyone working, no out no one star. Like even Liverpool had Mohamed Salah coming through, Virgil van Dijk. There was no one major star, right? There was like it was like a team of players that are on the crest of world class. And I see that in Arsenal as well right now. And and you saw and you gotta rate Arteta. You've got to rate him to come through all of that shit that he came through. And you can see the the. Everyone talks about a coach implementing his style. You could see Arteta's style being mm. slowly, slowly implemented. He just mm. didn't have the personnel. He didn't have enough time. And now, is it season three, James? Season three. It's like two and, I a guess. Half, two yeah. and a half, I guess. Two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half. But it's his third
3: season, right? No, it's actually. Yeah, yeah Three and a half. I was
2: gonna say. I was gonna say this this is his fourth kind of his fourth season now. Because um, okay. he had the half season, uh, we, we finished eighth, eighth, fifth, and now first.
3: There you go. Hey, slow slow down, slow down. <laughs> because, no, no, no. Listen, whoa. Look, they're, whoa. they're whoa. not slow. gonna win.
1: look. They're not gonna win the league. I'm a, I'm a, my, you know. As I said, they, they call me Grizz Terror on social platform, media platform is embarrassingly. Like, you know, You need to stop that now because you're ahead of us. I need to you know. it was fun when we were on top of you, to <laughs> Oh, so now it.
3: the chief comes out.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <coming out laughs> Allow them now. But but now, but by saying that, you can see that they're not gonna win the title this season. We know Man City come good, you know, and trust me, you're gonna feel it, James, what it's like week in, week out chasing this Yeah, jungle. when they
0: start turning the screw. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We,
1: we we were like a draw. We beg for oh, draws. Leeds, L- oh, no, no Leeds scored
0: today. Leeds scored today. Oh, maybe...
2: no. Wow. Oh, it's gone. It's
1: gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. But, but, even, but even if they don't win it and they're not going to win it, let's be all real. Like, you know, we can romance how much we want, but they're not going to win it. But you can't see them going away. And that's crucial for Arsenal and Arsenal fans. You know they're going to be in the picture, especially if they get the investment side right, the players right. I think they're there to stay man in the top, well,
2: isn't camp. it? Isn't it so interesting? To uh, I don't I I bring up Gary Neville far more than I should. But he on the Overlap last season said, I think it was on the Overlap, he said that um Arteta had taken Arsenal as far as he could, yeah. which was an yeah. absolutely baffling statement to make considering we had the youngest squad in the league. Um we the whole squad was developing. There were still so many areas which in positions where he could um sign players to improve us. We hadn't even got the cherries on the top of the cake. And Gary Neville was saying, this is the furthest we can go. And he's been left with an egg on his face because whatever happens this season, he's taken us further than last season, unless we basically lose the rest of the games. Um, and I do like I like the Liverpool comparison because I think Arteta's seen different parts of Liverpool and City and seen yeah, what he likes and taking one, them. Yes. Yeah, so one, one thing that kind of works together is we have that air of ine- inevitability where during that season, that 100-point season, you were you were grinding out so many games. And a lot of it came from goals through your defence. And um, I think Arteta looked to the City defence and sometimes saw oh, they're a bit of a soft touch with Laporte, with um, John Stones, who I think is a really, really good defender. But there was always that um, City had that soft underbelly that if you could break through them, they had defenders that could be get at, got at. Um, but then Arteta's looked at the Matips, Canates and Van Dijks and now we've got Gabriel and uh, Saliba at the heart of our defence who win all their duels, which Arteta is massive on. And um, they also contribute quite a few goals from the back, um, which is really important in games where you can't break a team down. If you can score a header, score a long shot, then all of a sudden it changes the dynamic of a game and you can get through one that on
0: another day, you'd just be frustrated. You just have to dig in, um, but there's a team on the other end of that title chase that I feel like they don't even have to dig in. Uh, Erling Haaland. That's, I feel that's the topic of discussion. We've just watched another Erling Haaland. I don't actually think it's a masterclass. I don't actually think he was the best player on the pitch. I think he got player of the match, which is left called for two goals. Um, could have scored five in his own words. Hey, um, high standards, <laughs> high standards. I've he, seen, he's got 20 goals in 14 league games. Uh, if we put the synopsis forward that he only plays another 14 in case of injuries or whatever, he actually only needs to score 14 in 14. And I'm saying only because it's early Harlan to level the current record of 34 goals in a premier league season. Uh, let's, let's consider that he plays how many games are left. My maths is normally terrific. 24 uh, sorry, games. 15,
3: left. No, 20, 20, 23, 20, 23, 23, 23. Yeah. he uh, played yeah.
0: 15, 23. games. If he plays 23 games, he only needs fourteen goals. Right? How many is he actually going to bag this season, Kieran? Because he actually, I think Alan Shearer on the post game said, "Do you have a number in your mind?" Sort of thing. And I was just like, the way he was like going, "Yes, I do," but I'm not telling you. I was like, this guy's scary, man. <laughs> like, yeah. How are you going to stop this guy? Alan
3: Shearer, like Alan Shearer, <laughs> is literally the, the, the top scorer all time of the leagues. That she saying, yeah, like I, I don't even want to. Because it's one of those where even I think it was he was it, pre-season? I think it was Axel Axel Witzel was asked you know, um about Harlan who's saying how many goals would be a good Premier League season for him. And he said fifteen. Now, <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, and and Haaland had 15, but like, I want to say it was the eighth, eighth or ninth game he had fifteen. So
1: Alan Shearer is very lucky that Alf um uh, Haaland, Alf I was gonna call him Alf. Um Haaland is using Man City as a step ladder to Madrid. Otherwise he he's would not going, definitely, no, no. Definitely he would have definitely Definitely he would definitely, bad. definitely have smashed Alan Shearer's no, no, no. record. He's he's not, he's, he's if he had, if he had, had any he dreams, dreams of staying at Man City, but, you know, luckily, but no, he's, he's using Man City as a step ladder. That's
3: because, not clearly not what's happening. But he's, you know, if he was going <laughs> to Madrid, no, like on a serious level, like he's one he's just not going to Madrid. Like, that's that's kind of the Endrick deal has kind of put that on hold as well. You've got like it's pre- pretty much that's who they're investing. He's going to Madrid. He's going to Madrid. He's not going to Madrid. Like he's just no, he'll, he'll, if, he'll go he has, to if he's going to go to Madrid he'd go six, seven years. I think he's staying for a good six, seven years no he's not I think he is <laughs> no he'll leave <laughs> I reckon yeah, I reckon yeah. he'll leave to a, a Premier
2: League club with history so I reckon once he's done with City once oh, Arsenal at the level oh oh
0: Oh, I, I swear to God, I, I thought you were going to say, like, a proper Premier League. I thought, history. yeah, literally, I was,
3: <laughs> even, even still, just, just give him a mess. He's not, he's do, not, he's do, not do, going anywhere.
0: I do wonder that, like, as much as I want to back the idea he wants to stay in the Prem for six or seven years, I actually don't think he does. Like, I think there was even a comment after this game where he was saying, like, I watched people in the World Cup and I didn't like watching it. Uh, it, like, motivated me to score Guys, more. Guys,
1: once Pep is gone, Haaland is gone. A couple of years max after that. P- into into does
2: he strike you does he strike you as a real Madrid player though? I think I think he loves the I think he'd love the Premier League for a long time. I just think it's his type of league. He loves the physicality, he loves the uh, the battles with the defenders, maybe all that romanticism. Real Madrid give him a fat check and all that goes out the window. But, but, all, but uh, I think, at the same I think time this I think the league
0: think for him he's such an ambitious footballer that I think he wins three Premier Leagues, maybe a Champions League, whatever else. And I think he goes, I want to go and win things in La Liga. I think he's not like he's not like Messi, where sure. he he loves that league or he's attached to that club. I think he's more of a, a Ronaldo mold or an Mbappe mold, where he wants to dominate the world of football. I think you see that in his comments as well. Like, Correct. Um, and and as much as like for you, Kieran, I want him to stay at City, and it's not even from a Liverpool standpoint that I want him to leave. I want the best players playing in the Premier League. I mm. just think he wants to be the most elite forward of all time in football. And he's not going to do that. He's not going to achieve that at Man City. He's More.
2: like, he's like if Zlatan was good at football. That's kind of, that's kind of what his career might be like.
3: Yeah, I can kind. Of, I, I, I hear what you're saying. My, my thing is, I feel like he's been talking about, about City for years. Like even, even before, like he was mentioning. I know he mentioned Leeds as well, and everyone, everyone's going to say, oh yeah, but he talked about Leeds and saying how he grew up a Leeds fan. But obviously, you've got the picture of him in the City kit from when he was like 10, 11. And, like he's been talking about it forever. You saw the the video mm-hmm. of his dad. Like he, I think he genuinely just just loves City. I don't think he's gonna go. I definitely don't think he's using City as a stepping stone because like you, it's not really. There's only really one club you can really step up to in the world from City at the moment, and that. I don't. I, I, I don't, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think you can say that
1: like on, on until you win the biggest trophy in world football that creates history and heritage. Like you can win all the domestic trophies you want, mm-hmm. and I get it. You are totally dominating domestic football you are now the kings of domestic football but you need to start winning champions league to sit at that table you know there's certain tables that you're still not you know you're still a bit shy to sit at you know one of those ones can I go over there and sit with them you you know until you know like are we am I hey, Grish, hold right? on, hold on. Are we? Like, I'm about... not dressed right I'm not dressed right to sit on this pod right now but you get what I mean so I'm, <laughs> I feel a bit I feel a bit you know uh, um, hypocritical saying this but you guys need to and I think First time we've spoken, I need to get your opinion on it. Do you agree with the notion that you do need to win the biggest club trophy there is to win to be sat and said talked about in the in the legendary clubs, the heritage mm.
3: clubs? See, I I've always my my it's opinion not, on not, this. My opinion on this is always like n- no one. No one really agrees. I reckon James would agree with me just because like it kind of see it kind of suits both of us. But I feel yeah, like I was right, going to say I was that, gonna that's say. the thing. Like I just feel like <laughs> and it's not and and honestly, my stance won't change if we end up winning it. Like I've said, I've said this even even when I thought I thought we were going to beat Chelsea 2021. I gen- genuinely did, and I was just like everyone did. Yeah, like regardless, as in genuinely before the game, I said like regardless of, of the result. You still just got to applaud like what what's been done here and what's been done over the past decade. You know what I mean? You, you know when when the takeover happened, people thought, yeah, you know, and give it give it a few years, maybe they'll win, pick up a trophy here and there, but it's not going to be maybe not going to sustain it because you know p- players aren't going to want to come to City. Even even when you think about the money, you know, there was the whole there was the meme about Kaka when he was like, oh <clears> no, sorry, there was the Kaka one, but then there was the Rubinho one where he's like, oh, oh I didn't I didn't even know there was another club in Manchester. You know that that kind of thing and that kind of. Um, I feel like that narrative is kind of just maintained regardless. I think I, now. I agree,
0: but just quickly on that. Do you think if Man City take that narrative to AC Milan, and AC Milan and go, oh man, what a lovely story. They're just going, yeah, like, okay. Like I'm not saying that to out you, but I'm saying, like, from a perspective of what Grizz is saying, of sitting on that table with their AC Milans, the uh, Real Madrid's, the Barcelonas. I'm not saying that. No, for...
3: we're, we're not there yet, but the thing is, what what you can say is. The AC Milan aren't the AC Milan of old right now, and that's what I guess. I know, obviously, with big clubs, it's always like it comes in cycles. You know what I mean? So there's there's going to be a stage where they are kind of there, but what, what I was kind of more saying was, as of right now, and as of the last what seven eight years, there's only really one or two. Because even with even with Liverpool, it's like okay, you've got your Champions League, uh, you've got your you've got your your one Premier League, but in the last what, five six years, okay, you got your you finally got your hands on some domestic trophies as well. But in the we, last,
1: we've won. we in the lot. Yeah. let me last six years, let, let, let me just finish your sentence for you. Let me just finish your sentence. Trophy count like, like twelve. In the last, like In the last five years, in the last five years, we've won every single trophy there is to win. Okay, so but I the trophy just, count is three. like
3: twelve four. It's well, like, the, 12, trophy four. It's well, like 12, four. the trophy count is unless you want to unless you want to include like club world cup and see whatever you want to include in terms of
1: the ones the trophies that you can't enter because you need to win the championship exactly.
2: Kieran, Kieran, the, the, the trophy, Kieran, the trophy. Kieran is right though. Kieran, Kieran, is right though because Man City are clearly a bigger entity right now. Right now, Man City are more. Um, you'd rather join Man City than AC Milan at this moment in time. AC Milan have the history, but Man City are a bigger club right now, and I don't think you can dispute that. I think be nah, where no one can. No one Rather can. go to hmm. exactly. Um, so I guess what Kieran is saying when you say. Man City, are, uh, sorry, yeah, Man City are top of the pile for Haaland. Right now, that is a fact. And um, just because they haven't won a Champions League, I don't think changes that. Maybe something that would sway him is if he spends three or four years at Man City and they still don't win a Champions League, mm. he might think... I've on, got a counterpoint.
1: I, I think Man City is the top of the pile for Haaland because Haaland has history with them and allegiance to them through his dad. There is romance there. He's been seen in a Man City kit. I think the true test, and I, I don't know if you guys will agree, I think the true test will be where Jude goes because this is an open race. Will Jude choose a historical club like Liverpool or Madrid or will he choose an upper-coming superpower like Man City? I yeah. I personally totally convinced and people know that. I know he's coming to Ju- uh, Liverpool. And I think that will that will hurt Man City that he's chosen a much lesser, not much lesser, but a lesser of a football no, no, team no, right you now.
3: Going with that much lesser, I like I like that one. <laughs> No, I no, like no, it, no. You,
1: but you but, he's, choose, but he's, he's chosen he's he's chosen a, he's chosen a team that is the most successful team in 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 Britain, and also he's chosen the history and the heritage as opposed to the the, the you, money. You are
2: you are right. You are right in saying that. But also because he's English, I think. The historical English team has a bit of an advantage. If you're mm. looking at a player like Al, if you ask the same question, I think he'd be more likely to join City than Liverpool personally. No. So English players, I think history definitely plays more of a part. When it comes to people um, not English, I think it's a
0: little bit different maybe. That's mm. also why I kind of say though, like why a foreign player like Erling Haaland would like to play abroad. That's kind of yes. like... Almost like what you said in like comes like full circle. That like I love his story at City. I'm sure he loves City as well, but he wants to dominate world football. And I don't feel like for him that is. um, I think it was mentioned actually. His he's he's made a comment about Mbappe on his story or something. Um, And then obviously tonight he's spoken about like the World Cup and not being there. I think he watches Mbappe or watches whoever. Playing for these clubs, winning multiple trophies in other countries, and I think he wants to one day uh, give up football and be like, I won three leagues in in England, I won three leagues in Spain, I won two leagues in Germany, I scored four hundred goals in England, I scored four hundred. Like, I think he wants all of that, which is I do.
2: I do agree with you, but also when you when you say. Um- he's not English. He was, he was raised in England, he was, right? he was, I yeah, know, he was
0: born in Leeds, but he moved he to, born, yeah, Norway he to Norway early. Like really, really early, I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay.
2: But he was, he's, he was his eligible dad is England, still,
3: though. he was eligible. Yeah. His
2: dad is still, um, I guess he's more English than you could say, uh, a player like Rafael Leao is. So yeah. maybe to him, the, um, the idea of being Premier League top scorer is more appealing to someone else. Um, we will see. I think yeah. if Real Madrid get Mbappe, I guess Barcelona could potentially be on the cards and they'll be the new Messi Ronaldo. Um but that very much depends on Barcelona becoming good again because yeah. right now um, um,
3: they're not
0: very quickly, just in a word, uh Kieran, how many goals do you think he'll finish on at the end of the season? League, Premier all, all league, comes goals. league.
3: Oh league. <sighs> I'm gonna say thirty. Barring injury, of course, because, you know, everyone's going to be like, oh, you said this and then look at him at the end of the season. Barring injury, I'm going to say 38. I agree. Uh
1: Do you remember in, in one of the first shows we've done predictions and I said Mohamed Salah's going to score 40 or something? <laughs> Can I just ch- change that for Haaland? I mean, <laughs> I mean, same number, but change Salah for Haaland. But yeah, you're looking 40 plus, man, the way he's going, the rate he's going. Um yeah, forty one.
3: James. I've gone too safe. I wanted to avoid a cut. I'll, I'll go the thing is,
2: right, if he played every game, I think we could be talking literally about 40, 45, genuinely. Um, but because Man City are gonna really rotate for Champions League, because that is what they've completely got their eyes set on. I think he's not going to play every game and he'll probably still come off the bench and score a hatch every game. Um, but I'll give him 39. I'll go one one above Kieran.
0: I was going to say 39 as well, you know. I think, to be fair, a part of me also weirdly thinks he won't break the record because whenever someone gets close, something ridiculous happens. Um, so, like, yeah, bar an injury, I think I'll go 37, actually. No, actually, I'll go 35. I think he'll break it by no. one. Um, because I think in the I think the easiest time to score goals is at the start of the season, where like especially if you play for a team like City, where you're in full flow and your team's like blooded you in because you're a world class striker. I think the harder time is February when the Champions League games kick in and you're playing like you got to go play away from home against whoever it is and you have to win. And then you're playing like I don't know Villa away, Unai Emery's Villa away on the weekend, and then you're playing. Someone in the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup, then you're playing Arsenal away, then you're playing Champions League, and then, and then all of a sudden, that's when I think he'll have to pick and choose his moments. Um, but I mean, knowing how he could
3: play. I feel like it's different this year though, because obviously you've had the you've had the World Cup, so it's not it's not, and obviously he didn't go, so it's even even extra different. Yeah, true, it's like, true, It's probably the only. I can't think of another top. Okay, Salah, I guess. But okay, but I was
0: just one. Say, um, yeah,
3: yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, hold on, hold on. But like. <laughs> anyway, let like, so I was thinking more like goal, just goals. That because Odegaard's not a player where you're like, oh my gosh, his goals is yeah, gonna, his goals is yeah, yeah, gonna yeah, drive. Like it, it's a thing where I can't think of an, an, another player where it's going to be so just so rested. And I mean, he's literally come back today. I thought today was like the big, the biggest test because you know you've got players who've come back from the World Cup first uh, league league game back you're thinking oh is, is De Bruyne going to be on it like he, obviously Liverpool game he was on it but people thinking oh is he going to be on it is he going to be demotivated because of coming coming off of the, the World Cup with Belgium and yeah he gone, gone, has gone and got himself two goals Bob's your uncle I'm Very 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 happy with it One more caveat if De Bruyne picks up an injury for a couple of
0: months the service is definitely going to dry up um, I do think the service, I think the service from De Bruyne to Haaland is very much so like on a plate type service. Mm. I think when you get rid of the plate, suddenly you need a knife and fork. And I don't know if he's got the knife and fork to finish Grealish, off the dinner every To be every
3: fair, as much as I say Grealish, but Grealish got both the assists for him today. Well,
0: actually, just before we started recording, I did say we had a point, we were going to discuss Grealish, then he got two assists and I was like, let's stay away from that for a minute. But then, Guz, you were making a point about Jack Grealish that you really wanted to put forward.
1: Well, I've got a few points that we could go for, but I know we've struck for time and we've got a few things to talk about. But yeah, you know, you were saying that sort of Grealish, oh no, we can't really talk about Grealish because he's got two assists or, you know, and what? He's got two assists because one was like a, a straightforward pass from a Leeds defender that he intercepted and he just squared it into an open goal for Haaland. Like, congratulations to Grealish, man. He's he's surpassed Alisson's number of assists this season. So <laughs> big up Grealish every time for 100 million like. What do you want me to say? I don't know. Like, here and now, I'm serious. It? I'm giving you facts, bro. Like, we can banter about it and joke about it, but suddenly people are talking about Sancho and Grealish, and there's another guy who's a high profile, high profile Anthony? player, Anthony. Yet, yeah, yeah, uh, Nunes is outscored and out uh, like, better goals than the sister of them already. Nunes so, is a striker, though. It's different. He's a forward, man. He's been he's, playing left. He's, I don't know if you've he's, been watching he's stri- you've been No, playing He's
3: left. a striker. He's playing on the left at the moment, but he he's, a, he's, an he's He's an attacker.
1: He's an attacker.
3: He's a striker. He's so, not playing... He, league, even if he's not playing he's, up front right now, he is a striker. Is it, so he's going to naturally get into better goal-scoring positions and contribute well, not, to goals well, more, well, more if he's, than players not, not like It's a if he's, it, it, not it's if a he's playing... It's a fact. the fact is even You can't miss four... You can't get into the position to miss four big chances in one game. Harlan missed like,
1: four, but he scored two. There's the difference. No, but
3: it's not. I'm not talking about. It's not. I'm not even trying to violate him for missing four, which I could do. Mm. But what I'm saying is, if you're, <laughs> if you're, if you're someone like when is Grealish ever going to be that player to miss four? He's never going to get that many chances in the game because he's, I not, think naturally, he, I think he he's not naturally. He's not naturally a striker.
1: I think he got four today. He's definitely I, the I think definitely. The, conver- get four
0: today. the conversation around Grealish is probably more so the fact that for a hundred million, if you're being completely honest.
1: Now if we take if we take if we take the banter, has he justified his hundred million price tag? Do you think it looks like he's justifying his price tag? Do you think he's growing into it? Because I can say for Nunes, I can see him growing and, and and fulfilling that price tag and getting loads of goals and assists. But we like, could we I could, could talk about prices.
2: We could talk about price tags all day, but um ultimately Pep wanted the player and City City were going to do whatever it took and Villa did not want to sell him. So Villa were going to play hard bargain and and Pep said, this is the guy I want. And interestingly enough, every game that he's been benched this season, I I, I think it's this way. Uh, So he's not played a single game this season that City have dropped points. So they've dropped points about five times and he's not touched pitch in any of those games. So whether he's getting the goals or assists, something about... Grealish is getting City points, is getting City goals, and to me, especially with the way Pep plays, he's a sort of player that drags two men over to him. So during the game, you can't. You, there's no goals or assists that's being shown when two defenders are being pulled over to Grealish's side, but because of that, this gives more space for De like on the one on the right hand side. I,
1: I like the energy, James. Place. I think personally, I think you've nailed it. Like serious football chat, I think you've nailed it. I just don't like the same energy kept for Nunes. Nunes is so effective. So, so, he, so...
0: full on Nunez defense league today. Yeah, go. Go. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. This
1: is the new you know Nunes. and no, no, you know
0: Greenish league. generate football.
1: No, I flip flopped on Nunes. That's why I have to keep the same energy for myself as well because I need to convince myself as well because I'm <laughs> convinced convincing Nunes. You understand? So these chats help me. You know what I mean? It's a Energy therapy
0: session. I, I keep saying yeah. the am low rating spot is a Mass therapy session. Survi- well. Surviving Nunes,
2: this is so crazy. <laughs> Can we all agree on one thing? Anthony has not been very good for United. Um I think he's still living off that goal against Arsenal. I have not enjoyed watching him play. I personally. think his,
0: his output is gen- like genuinely fooling a lot of people. Um three, so I think he's actually three in his of- first three. Yeah, but that's what I mean. I think we've got this. Is like if we if we You're an
2: aesthetic merchant. Yeah, we,
3: <laughs> he's given he's given me three Anthony spins already. What? Like we we're, we're, we're not even, we haven't even touched the new year yet. He's given me three goals, one against City, which ugh, I'm not even going to talk about that. But he's given me three goals, three Anthony spins. Okay, on a seri- on a serious level though, like I do I do I, I do get the you know the general play hasn't hasn't quite been there. But you have to remember, he's literally come from the Dutch league, the Dutch league, there's, there's not been very many hits. Like someone, I think it was, um, he was, that? I think it was, uh, Bergwijn came from, from the Dutch league having scored like 20, near 20 goals that season came to Tottenham, at, you know, didn't, didn't refine really it that easy. Van der Beek hasn't found it, found it that easy. I think he came like 24th in the Ballon d'Or or something. The, the, the year, the year he came, came. So I don't know. I, I just, I just feel like, yeah, you know, he's, he's done a lot better than a lot of people are saying. Like, a lot of people are saying he wasn't going to even, he's going to do worse than Sancho and, and Grealish. He's equaled both of their goal tallies for last season in the first so three your games. Pre-
0: your previous debate about Grealish just fell on his arse then? Because you, 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 <laughs> you find Grealish's goal. Antti's not a striker.
3: Antony's not, not a striker. <laughs> it's different. Uh, Ante, um, not, not like a, he's not like a Nunes where goals is, is his game. Like goals no, think, is meant I to be Nunes's that's game. not
2: true. That's not true. That's not true. Of course not true. Nunes he just said that he just said that more than, than he goals, he he just just more than tally goals tally
3: but goals is, goals is goals is when you look at Nunez's best, Nunez at his best is a twenty goal player. Anthony at his best was an eight goal player in the Rid That's I I, I promise you.
0: For those listening, this I, I swear on my life, there was no plan to talk about Darwin to this extent, but every single <laughs> conversation has landed at Darwin yesterday. today. Um, we'll sidestep Darwin Unions because Liverpool have a new forward uh, in town at the moment. So let's talk about him very briefly because we have got a few a little bits to talk about. Uh, Cody Gakpo signed for Liverpool. Honestly, I cannot believe this deal happened. I actually tweeted about an hour before saying there's no way. Yeah, you saw it. I said there's no way Liverpool signed Gakpo. Gave seven reasons... And I swear, Fabrizio Romano tweeted about three minutes after. And uh, everyone was going, hey, what were you saying? No, um, I didn't. It. I didn't delete it, bro. I affirmed it. I listen, affirmed he, it. it he's, a, he's a
3: man of his word. He said, listen, I said, I said what I said. and I'm going to stand on it. You can, you can say what you want. I, I said it. Like, I'm standing and on I, my I, word.
1: I actually saw your tweet and I was very disappointed and uh, in you. because <laughs> No, I was. I was. And let me land with this point. Because literally the night before, I said on my show, Cody Gakpo, we've hijacked the bid man united and no one believed me because i had intel on this that we've hijacked here and i was like no way he's gone to united shut up gris man you're waffling again well you know look at me now but the point being (laughs) but the point being but the point being i i see where i'm gonna have to flip flop again now because cody Gakpo is coming from a dutch league and he's got the most insane stats Insane, like I don't know the top of my head, but I don't know if Nubed can in the background check his stats for last season. They're insane levels, but it's the Dutch league. Now we're talking about Anthony's stats from the Dutch league that aren't great. This guys are. I think Liverpool have bought a player that's not going to be involved much, and is n- I don't. So the thing is because. Everyone thought he's game Man United. I've been slandering him for the last three months. I've like, definitely seen ab- those tweets. <laughs> absolutely ripping him to bits, yeah, saying Gak no" and all this kind of stuff, yeah. <laughs> and and today, huge Man United social media accounts with five hundred thousand subscribers have been quoting me from that side. And I said, and I just laughed back at them like, aren't, like, aren't, isn't a supporter allowed to support his player now? Because now he's Liverpool. I have to support him, right? I don't have to. I have to. I don't have to rate him. There's a difference between rating someone and supporting someone, right? So I'm a Liverpool supporter. He plays for Liverpool now. I'm going to support him. Prove me wrong, Gapbo. Show me that you're, you're suited for the Liverpool team. You're brilliant. You're not going to be another Ryan Babble. You know I mean? Prove me, prove me. Hey, hey
0: Ryan Babbel's on the pod. Oh, let's not, let's, yeah. don't, let's don't, not, don't. let's <laughs> not smack oh, oh, on Ryan Babble. That was yeah.
1: you know,
2: the one, a, one, that one, one, one player. player, that was well, the one
1: player you not to say. Yeah, but hold on, what did I say about Ryan Babbel Ryan Babble was technically brilliant. I think Cody Gakpo is technically brilliant. You understand? Let me land in it. You lot just jumped in there. I was going to say, Ryan Babbel Dutch prodigy, coming, you know, and Ryan himself will say he could have done better. Code he actually did,
0: to, to be fair. He actually yeah. did say that on the pod. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Ryan, Ryan knows, man. Ryan's a real football
0: man. There you go. <laughs> um, um, Gakpo's stats very quickly from last season. 27 uh, matches in the league. Uh, 12 goals, 13 assists. This season, 14 games, 9 goals, 12 assists. Um, Mad! Not bad, James. What were you going to say? Sorry, James.
2: Uh, I was going to say also, that I thought me my like my rating of Gakpo very much depends on who he went to so going to united i don't think he'd have been a success because i think he's quite a similar player to rashford but going to liverpool i'm quite nervous now because he suits that liverpool front three very well and i do think it will take him some adaptation time but um Klopp has a pretty good success rate with his attackers. Mm. Um, so once he goes under the Klopp uh, mm. slow burner, I think he will be a threat. Just before we, you guys, just before,
1: very quickly, yeah, just go, before go, go you guys go, and, and I always like hearing um, opposition or different non-Liverpool opinions. Every, on everyone's that. an enemy. Exactly. Everyone, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 the one key thing I love about this deal, and... Man United fans can come for me all day and night. You know where I am. I'm here for you guys, yeah? But the, the, the one big the one big thing was it was quoted 60, 70 million. And I said, no way is he worth 60, 70 million. And then when someone said, I said, how much is he worth? I said, 30, 40 million. I'm so happy that we're going for 37. But I would have been very unhappy if we paid 60-70. Yeah,
3: that's, that's fair. I was kind of just going to follow on from, from the Rashford point. He's kind of... Like I'm not going to say I'm like an avid Dutch league watcher, but from what I've seen, he's like Rashford. If you took a bit of the athleticism away and gave him like a crazy left foot, like he's basically just like a ball striking demon off off both feet. And then he's a bit—he's not as light. Like he's not slow. Don't he's not like a like a Sancho. Like he's not—he's not like a slow winger. But he's not—he's not lightning quick like Rashford is. And I think also there's there's this thing about you know he's six foot four, uh, so people think he's going to be this really really good in the air. He's, he's not like he's he's not really in. Is he presence. six for four? Yeah, I mean, he's he's six. Because
2: three? I yeah. saw the thing where it said he's six foot four, but uh, I don't think he is. I think six six he's about two. six for two. He's yeah, six exactly, which is basically. I know, like I know, that, I know the, the, the heights of players, man.
0: Everyone knows this. I Google player heights all the time. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> don't <check> my <laughs> But
2: they are often. I will say they are often very wrong because Ben White joined Arsenal, and you had some website saying five foot eight and a half. You had surely some website not. saying he was five foot ten. He's he's about six foot two, six foot yeah, three. He's a big man, um, yeah, and man. you can see that when he stands next to people. But yeah, it was baffling. Every Ooh. Arsenal fan was saying, "We can't sign White. He's too weak. He's five foot ten. I thought we, the websites are wrong.
3: Look even, yourself.
2: He's standing next to John Stones.
3: Even Saka's apparently still five ten when he's had like the craziest growth growth spurt from when he like first first joined Arsenal. I think he's at least he's at least six foot now, surely. I feel like he's still yeah, like It's the biggest
2: ten. issue with young young players because they're not sure. Obviously they only get updated every every so, so. it's it's hmm. mad
0: though that like surely someone out there's got the right answer. Just follow that one person. Like, why are you just guessing a man's height?
3: Like, yes, like start baby, you've got to start like a player player height like Twitter account. Bro, so do you like, know how much verifier. I would love to do that? Yeah. get on <laughs> it's so, like someone someone's, like Gatford's 6 four, you're like, nah, no, no. no. Yeah. It's too like <laughs> um, official verified checker, like Fabrizio <laughs> Romano of like player heights.
0: Hey, I honestly think it would pick up... Like, it would be like footy scram, but footy heights. People would love it. Uh, <laughs> um, very quickly on the gap point, I actually think, not that I think he's the same profile as the player I'm about to mention, but I think in terms of what he'll supply to Liverpool will be similar to Sadio Mane, where I think for a while Liverpool have lacked a player who can play off, the, off one side and come inside, but is clinical. Diaz is not a clinical forward. Diaz wants to dribble. He's a street footballer. Cody Gakpo is very much like an instinctive footballer. He wants to get the ball, shimmy and shoot, which is what Mane actually specialised in when once he sort of started to reach the peak of his output when he was at Liverpool. Uh, but when he first came, he was an output merchant. Grizz will probably remember. He was shooting from all angles. He was trying to like dribble and take three or four players on and falling over his own feet. He was a little bit gangly, a little bit difficult to watch at times. And aerially, I don't think he was dominant, similar to Cody Gakpo. But he was a, he could hold the ball, and I think Liverpool have missed that side of Mane more than any other side of Mane, where they could hit diagonal balls into Mane and he would just make it stick. Cody Gakpo is very good at doing that. He's like a he's like a tree trunk that can that can hold the ball. And I think profile wise, in that sense, he'll give. Um... Go on, James. Do you want to hit my hot chick? No, I just made me
2: laugh. You calling tree trunk?
0: That's all. <laughs> I mean it in a good way. In yeah, the same good, way, yeah, Grizz yeah, yeah. was talking good,
1: about Ryan Babel. This is he's hey, a good tree trunk. Hey, that's it's a good. Easy,
2: that's a good slander. If he doesn't hit the ground running, we can start calling him a tree <laughs> trunk.
1: But you know what? I was thinking about you know because the first thing that comes to mind is trying to compare mm. it to other players you know, stylistically and profiling and um, and and I've been racking my brain and I've come out with something. Now you guys might frown upon it, but deep it and then look back at it and then we talk in about six months again. Deli Ali. Deli Ali for Spurs is very technical or, or sorry, not for Spurs, but Deli Ali as a as a player so clean technically. Like Deli Ali can strike a ball left foot, right foot so, so clean. But he doesn't do enough in a game. Sometimes you you wonder where's Delielli? Where's Delielli? He pop up with a out. Brother,
0: I think people are wondering that right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Where's Delielli? Anyway, you know that. Not- where's Messi? It should be where's Delielli? You know. But uh, but yeah, this guy for me, he's quicker than Delielli. But Delielli wasn't slow. But he wasn't lightning fast. I think I've smashed it with that profile.
0: Yeah, I, I really hope that doesn't catch on, though, because Deli Ali's reputation right now in football is, is not a good look. I mean, James has just put a very interesting message into the chat, which I feel like he probably <laughs> doesn't want to repeat out loud <laughs> um, in case Delhi wants to come on the pod. Um, <laughs> let's move uh, very swiftly on. We were just obviously talking about earlier Man City's pull with the Haaland situation. I think what's been interesting in this window, as Grizz has rightly pointed to it, I don't know why you were disappointed in me, um, saying Kakba wouldn't come to Liverpool. Um, so we've seen United miss out on Gakpo, and now there's obviously the Enzo rumors. And I, I don't really want to delve too much into the rumor mill, man. I hate I hate transfer windows for the rumors because everyone's tweeting something. Um, but then and, there's rumors that Enzo might go to Newcastle. He's obviously rumored to go to Liverpool. Uh, is, do you feel like this might be the end of like United's era of having pull for any player they want? Now there's a period where United could go like, um, I want him and whoever was competing, if, especially in England. It would be a foregone conclusion.
2: When? When was that period? Because recent, recently, it's been more of a your Casemiro's, Varans who are kind of unwanted players. Have they? Have they still been able to compete with Liverpool and City? When was the last? Um, One, I guess, player they yeah, the signed sandwiches. not because I, not because they paid the money though, because a lot of these players they're just paying the big money, and are they signing? Are they competing with other players and um, winning because of their pull? What I'm trying to say, okay, to reframe this, is the ambitious players, are they signing players with ambition or are they signing players at the
0: end of their career? I have a name in mind that's very close to Kieran's heart. How are you How are you not backing your boy in this debate? Um, Jaden Sancho chose to go to Manchester United. Uh, he apparently he had a few other suitors. I don't know if that's absolutely true. Um, but he definitely chose to go to United and that wasn't a signing of a player who is at the end of his career. It was a signing of a player that people believed and may still believe. Certain people yeah. of the social media world do still believe that James a Sancho... <laughs> Everything's a remontada with Kieran. <laughs> it's failing, worrying, it's a remontada. It's, <laughs> it's coming <correct>. um, <laughs> don't <worry. laughs> Um, Yeah, so I, I, I do feel that with the whole... Um, like you just actually it kind of like agrees with the point I'm making, James. Like actually they've signed Casemiro where nobody wanted Casemiro. They signed Rafa Varane and nobody wanted Rafa Varane They've signed Taro Malassia, they weren't nobody was competing. Anthony, nobody was competing. Those Bruno Fernandez was probably the the last one I can think of, but that was against Tottenham. No one else was competing for that deal, so
2: to be fair Lissandro Martinez, they were competing against Arsenal. Um, but they had the Ten Hag link, which is the same way you could say Arsenal got Jesus ahead of Real Madrid, but because of the Arteta link, it was basically not not competition.
0: So do we feel, um, and Kieran, actually, you were talking about Haaland. This is when you were talking about when James said like they'll go to a proper club. I genuinely thought you were going to say United. I don't know why, like, you're an Arsenal fan. Why the hell would you say Haaland's going to go to United? But the, the brain sometimes switches off, um, but. Do you feel that, like, there was a point where... Well, you know there was a point. there's a point where players would definitely rather go to United than City. I feel now that's completely the opposite. Like, if, if City went in for Jude Bellingham tomorrow, United went in for Jude Bellingham, or Enzo Fernandes, who, or whoever else, United don't stand a chance, I don't think.
3: I think... I think with Enzo might be the only, only one, because, like we were talking about with with, with like the foreign players, maybe, like... There's there's a bit more. Oh, you know, United. Maybe they're not as. I don't. I don't know. Obviously, players watch football and you're, you're clued up, but I don't know. I feel like there's still this this, this uh, untrue. There's like this feeling of like what Man, Man United actually like still is, even though it's it's, it's just not that anymore. Mm. And I feel like also there's like this this feeling with a lot of players, even like Sancho when he went to United was saying like he want wanted to make United what they kind of what they what they want to have, like kind of get get back to. Ronaldo said the same thing. You know, want to get United back to where they were. I mean, obviously they've tried and failed, but I feel like there's still this this thing with United in the football. rather they have, it's not. It should be gone, honestly, because it's been it's been ten ten years. But so it should be, no. It's been longer. It's been eleven now in twenty twenty two. So it's been eleven. There's a lot. Years.
0: There's, a lot of, there's a lot of money. in a big stadium. There's a lot of fans week in week out. They still can attract some players, yeah. um, but. Yeah, I just wonder. Like, Enzo Fernandez is a good point. To be fair, he's coming off the back of a World Cup. It'd be a very typical United signing for 105 million or whatever the buyout clause is. Um, but I'm talking about like your actual footballer footballers that are, already have a profile that most other clubs in the world would like. Jude Bellingham is one of them. Declan Rice is another one. Maybe. I think I think for now they're out of the picture, and I think. By the end of the season,
2: Arsenal will probably be a more attractive prospect than um, United, especially for young players, young ambitious players who are now looking to, um, for example, Declan Rice, I think surely he's going to look at Arsenal and think, look at what Arteta has done to a lot of these England players, getting them in the England squad. Uh, He's obviously already there, but um, he can get involved with all the English players we already have. Um, And he sees the project, the trajectory is here. So Declan Rice and with Arsenal, it's get on while you can because if not, we'll sign someone else and then basically you won't reap all the flowers. Um, But I don't know, with United, I think Ten Hag is going to save them from that. I think um, it depends if they get Champions League, you know, because even Mm. if Ten Hag has a good season this year, they're not at all guaranteed Champions League because there's obviously Arsenal, City are so far ahead. Newcastle are well and truly up there and I think Liverpool will get it. So even if United have a very strong end to the season, there's no guarantee
0: that they get Champions League. I was just going to say about Newcastle, um, pretty much to wrap up the pod. I feel we've spoken about them in previous pods, but it's getting to a bit of a point where like, you know, in every single sports spectrum that you listen to, they always talk about the top couple of teams. as a given, like you always talk about Man City and currently Arsenal or Man City and Liverpool or whoever it is. And you kind of like, Flirt with the teams challenging for top four, don't really talk about the teams between seventh and like 15th and talk about the bottom five. But Newcastle are now at a point where you kind of have to go. They play Arsenal, by the way, 3rd January, and I think that will be I think I tweeted saying that will be pretenders uh, and contenders against each other. One of them two's leaving as losers, um, but not not in the sense of like just a 1 0 loss. They'll be leaving with everyone going, ah, I was all fake the whole time anyway. Um, but Newcastle. Like they're genuinely challenging at the top of the table, and I remember City signed David Silva, Aguero, a few others before their first title win, and Newcastle haven't signed a single profile like that. Maybe Bruno Guimaraes. Mm-hmm. but at what point do you think they got? They might lift the lid. Maybe Enzo might be that guy, and go. <laughs> it's time to start competing for the best European youngsters because they're miles ahead of their project.
2: But there and and, and just just to carry on from what I said, they're in the set a similar place to Arsenal where you can say, Look, get involved in the project before it's too late. So a player might think, Shit, if if I don't sign now, then they'll sign someone else and then that opportunity's gone and then in four years time they'll be in City's position winning Premier Leagues every season. So I think a player like Enzo Fernandez, I think it's too early, but I think they're definitely well worth their money because also a lot of teams like Newcastle's. You'd look at their underlying stats, and and they're not actually performing to um, how good they've been. But on paper um, and the numbers back up, they've been unbelievable this season. I think they've conceded the least xG, um, and they're creating chance as well. And they've got Alexander Isaac who isn't even anywhere to be seen yeah, at this moment. So. Even, has barely Exciting played. times to be a Newcastle fan. I know.
1: Not only, not only Isaac, like imagine this, like we're talking even a few months ago, we, if we imagine a team without St. Maxim, we're thinking, where's the creativity? Where's the goals going to come from this Newcastle? Mm. We've got no St. Maxim, no Callum Wilson, no Isaac. And yet they banged three, was it three in the end, wasn't it? I can three, start. three now. And it just shows you credit goes to Eddie Howe. Coach, 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 because when you can coach a team without those players that we mentioned and still look dangerous and effective, it's down to the coach.
0: I do think and you know some, it go at on. some point they're gonna have to go where third in the league and we have a genuine chance of finishing top four. And I yes, I do agree Eddie Howe's been a good coach for him this season, but I do think the moments that they've had in the game so far, I mean it's only been 14-15 games. And there's been a lot of games where Fabian Charles scored a last-minute winner or they've won a game 1-0 and Nick Pope's made a world-class save. At some point this season, that's going to stop happening. And I think at that point, like it is for any team chasing top four, you've got to have quality to get you over the line. And I think at that point, they'll go we probably could do with an extra couple of players in there that are of real top, top, top quality. Um, Kieran, you obviously have been in the situation when City had bags of cash. You had Elano's, you had Robinho's. But what Newcastle have done so far with the cash has been nailed on. But at what point do you think they should go? Now it's time to go get our Aguero or our David Silva. I, I think it's like, now, man. Like now, know. go get top four. I think,
3: I think, I think. I don't know about the. What, were you saying that with with Eddie Howe? You know, you said um, I, I don't know when, when you were going with the Eddie Howe point. I thought you were going to say, oh, they need to get rid of rid of Eddie Howe, and I was like, oh. Oh, I was like, that's that's nah, the, yeah, I that's, the kind of, it, that's the it, kind it, of so line. Is, like, I don't, I don't agree. I don't, I don't think so. But it's the, like the way you were going. I was like that. That's the kind of line I thought. I was like, oh, hold on. This this is a bit of a spicy one. Brother, but, you um, don't
0: rate me if you think I'm saying that on
3: the. That's the, I was. No, <laughs> I was just the way. No, I know. I know the guys are going to back on this. The way you were going well, right, it seemed. Oh, hold on, because you're like Eddie Howe. But um, I think I think you're right in that. In that if you you know James is saying um, you know getting now while you while you still can in terms of on a player sense, I think Newcastle have to kind of look at it and think. Hold on. Yeah, you know we've got this cash injection, but in terms of player performance, this is as good as as good as we've ever been. There's no guarantee that when when you sign all these, you know these new players are going to bang straight away. I think yeah, you go you go and get your players players in now because it means you can if you make Champions League, you can start attracting these bigger players and and then you kind of build and just keep on building like like we did.
0: Scary hours.
3: Um,
2: and also, also one thing I wanted to say is, like Grizz said, Eddie Howe does deserve a lot of credit because it's frustrating that a lot of people will just see Newcastle's takeover and say it's down to the takeover. But really, this isn't a super team at all. Only very few of these players. You could say like, like and Trippier that they signed. He's not really signed because of the takeover. Um, Botman, I think Apart from the fact it was Mike Ashley, if they had a half-competent owner, they'd be, been able to make these signs anyway. Dan Byrne at left-back, he was very average player. Well, a decent player at Brighton, but no one would have seen him as an excellent signing for this Newcastle super team. But he's part of the best defence in the league. So, they he definitely deserves credit. And um, the player, my one of my favourite players in the league, and I still to this day don't understand why he didn't come to Arsenal, what happened there. But I think Bruno Guimaraes is an unbelievable footballer and I don't think people realise just how good he is uh, because he has elevated that team a whole level
0: what's crazy about that is he's actually like it's not it's not even like he's just elevated that team it's like the team is now like built around him so it's kind of like it's kind of like there was a when he first signed I was going oh he's going to play for Newcastle for two years and then dip but I actually think this guy's going to stay like Me? he's like the first brick yeah. of their pro- project, like the David Silver of their project. If you like, that's my feeling anyway, you never know, but um, it's very strange. It felt like it'd be a sort of a think- stepping stone Berlin Harland situation. Uh, I'm, that, playing. I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing before <laughs> you start arguing again. Um, as ever, we're going to leave you with an icebreaker, uh, which if you don't know by now what these are, then you need to just go back and listen to the early episodes of the podcast. Uh, but basically I'm going to throw something to you. You guys have a little quick think. Uh, sharp answers only because Grizz is now knackered and desperately needs some sleep. He's currently munching on a sandwich. He said he needs protein, but I want to confirm that a sandwich is carbs. Um, there's, there's, there's
1: about six eggs in it.
0: Six eggs in one sandwich?
1: Well, give or take two
0: or three. <laughs> Mental. <laughs> All right. I can't argue that. Um, on to the icebreaker. Mm-hmm. If you could go back and change one thing in football, obviously, in 2022, what would it be and why? very quickly if something springs to mind let it spring if it doesn't spring to mind then we can call it a day but I feel uh Kieran you probably got something oh no James has go on James
3: oh god God, yes let Saka
2: take Kane's second penalty um easy to say in hindsight obviously and it would never have happened but if it did happen Saka would have scored and then that this this whole Saka let your country down. He would have scored the goal to progress England. Hopefully, if they won the rest of the game, it would have been massive for his confidence. He would have been England's star boy, and um, we'd we, yeah we'd have gone through the game. So mm-hmm. Saka could have taken the penalty, and
3: he one day hopefully he'll be England's primary penalty taker. Yeah. Mine's, so, mine's Mine not, top, man's not top. In that. not <laughs> top, I think he can, he can he can keep he can keep that one.
1: Mine's, mine's club-based. I'm sorry. Back to Liverpool again. Um, I just wish um, Mohamed Salah put that penalty away away to Leicester. That would have meant we won the league and I believe the confidence we were taking, we would have won the the, the, the the Champions League as well and that would have been the quadruple. Just one penalty away. The Leicester pen? Why don't I remember that? Oh, man. Mohamed, he blazed it over, man. What score was that game? They beat us 1-0, man.
0: Oh yeah! Oh man, I we just remember uh,
1: we missed about ten chances, man. Clean, clean. Yeah, clean, if he clean.
0: scores that pen, the game's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're blaming Salah, okay? Uh,
3: Kieran. Yeah. <laughs> no, man, man's ugh. man was kind of like it was more light-hearted. You guys are kind of going for like really, really sick. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So that's why I was kind of like I'll leave it. But man was no, not good. Man was Jaden Sancho not dropping six goals and assists in the Premier League
0: season.
3: <laughs> 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 That, that was it that was it actually wait Neymar winning the World Cup how could, how could I how could I overlook that one Neymar winning the World Cup with the... it's amazing it's amazing
2: your brand has made a recovery from that Sancho um, six yeah. goals and
3: considering,
0: considering it's like literally in your Twitter name and you've still recovered I mean shout out to you and your branding sensational stuff <laughs> um, jump like,
2: on the Kieran hype before it's too late jump yeah on man this, the,
0: this is basically the Arsenal bandwagon that James has been saying jump on it before it dips Kieran's
3: bandwagon is the exact same. This um Newcastle. <laughs> I haven't even fully started investing yet. I haven't, even, I haven't even got a proper setup. you know what I mean? There's been a lot of that this episode. Uh what
0: would I change this year? Um Morocco. I think if Morocco beat France, they win the whole thing. Uh that would that would have made that would have my that would have made my life, let alone my year. Um we will be back. I think there might be one more episode. No, there definitely won't be. It's the 29th of December at the time of record. There won't be another episode until after new year's day so if you're listening to this after new year's happy new year if you're offended by people saying happy new year before new year's i don't care happy new year um you guys thank you as always for hopping in make sure you follow them all links will be in the description make sure you follow the no ratings pod and grizz you can finally get some sleep i'm sorry for keeping you late um i'm glad you said that uh grizz enjoy your very eggy sandwich james pleasure (laughs) as always kieran (laughs) try and make things on time and for you lot listening thank you very much we'll see you next time